Welcome to another edition of the Dementia Care Partner Talk Show. Now, here's dementia care expert Tifa Snow and your host, Greg Phelps. Hello and welcome to the Dementia Care Partners podcast, brought to you by Tover, the creators of the Tover Tovel. The Tover Tovel, which means magic table in Dutch, is an award-winning dementia care tool. It projects interactive serious games that are scientifically proven to improve the quality of life and support caregivers in providing person-centered care. Tover, the power of purposeful play. I'm your host, Greg Phelps, along with Tipa Snow. And Tipa, we've had a request for more information on COVID and dementia, veterans and dementia, dementia and pre-existing mental health conditions. I mean, these are separate topics themselves, but we're going to have to do sort of an overview on them. So uh, let's let's tackle COVID and dementia. Obviously, anything that affects dementia is, is not going to help the situation. Somebody didn't get COVID and get better. Right. Right. So what we do know is that there's two um, there's two ways of looking at this, Greg. So the person already had dementia and they developed COVID. So that's, you know, or there's, I guess, three now that I'm thinking about it. There's they got COVID or because of COVID, we've talked some about the isolation, the um, not being able to do things the way we've always done them, not being able to communicate the way we've always done that. So, I mean, that's a huge issue right there. And the third group is people who got COVID and now look like they're developing sort of a, a cognitive problem because we know that their particular strain of COVID, it crossed the blood brain barrier. It's one of the things that, that it, it can do as a virus and it was uh, crossing the blood brain barrier. And there's evidence that it stays active in the core of the brain. And so we're starting to be concerned with some of these long haul symptoms that we might actually be looking at the beginning of a understanding a new dementia or at least a cognitive disability that maybe it's going to be stable but we're not sure because it's a virus that maybe we've inactivated but we aren't positive what that means so those are the three caveats and i think the first and the third are the ones that we might be the most interested in at the moment so if if your person has had covid you have mm-hmm. extra things to look out for, not just the normal day-to-day worries. You've got a little bonus. You've got a little bonus. Uh, and some of the you know, post-COVID phenomena are fatigue, uh, apathy, problems with orientation to time, place, situation, sequencing issues, um, difficulty with details, and, and frankly, sensory changes that are taking a long time, if ever, to come back to baseline, like smell and taste. So things like appetite and eating or drinking um, and socializing. Fear, the fear of socializing for some people has become immense. And so that's actually very, very real. And this whole, and those, that's for people, whether they had dementia ahead of before they developed their COVID or, or not, we're finding that some people are really struggling with recovering from COVID. And, and the real question is, we don't know how far people will recover. We don't know if this is a chronic condition or a progressive condition. Tipa, our, our next question related to veterans and dementia, and, mm-hmm. and I'm going to throw in the PTSD on that just oh, because yeah. it's a, it's a factor there. Yeah. So mm-hmm. uh, we did a, a, a presentation. Was that in California, Youngville years ago? Yeah, Youngville. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You, we did. Sure enough. 
And the, the veterans there were, and the, and the care partners were extremely interested because I hate to say anybody is unique, but veterans are in a really they, unique situation. Yeah, I mean, particularly veterans who served uh, overseas or in combat or in a crisis situation. So it could be a domestic crisis. It could be a foreign crisis, but like National Guard troops for us. And, and at your place, I'm, I'm sure you guys have a military that might help out in a, in a crisis or a major event. And it means they experience things um, Frequently, there's adrenaline involved and cortisol involved, and they have to learn to do things in a very different way due to extreme situations, be they environmental plus uh, human, and they've learned to do things and anticipate things and, and live in a high fear state or a high arousal state for periods of time that are way extended. And so when they come back to an environment that's not supposed to be like that, their brain has a very difficult time sometimes disengaging. And so there is evidence that that transition is not easily nor smoothly made. And even while people are over there um, or in those situations, we find some folks do not respond well. I mean, they, they were great in basic training. They were fine when there wasn't that level of demand. But that level of demand put the brain in a shock state. And so they have that recurring PTSD, that phenomena of the, almost a panic attack, that sense of being threatened when there really shouldn't be a sense of threat, but it takes them to that place, that time, that situation, as though it were happening in that moment. And just for and giggles, let's throw in dementia. Yeah, and, and I was going to say, and then, of course, so like, what does dementia do? Robs you of the ability to be aware of time, place, situation with any accuracy. And so therefore... Um, what might be annoying, irritating, angering in one situation without having a vet, being a vet veteran of a, of a war or of a conflict or of a crisis, now the person feels truly threatened. And so now we bring in things like weapons or being attacked or having to save your comrades or, or being ambushed and, and that kind of thing. And if we are in close proximity, that individual, um, the environment might feel to them much more like an attack situation than a care situation. And yet we could be doing almost nothing from our perspective that should elicit that reaction. And yet it can be very quick and very um, intense. This could also apply to uh, police officers, firefighters, ambulance personnel, anybody who's dealing with those high stress. Absolutely. Energy. Yeah, or people who live in very intense situations. And so that's one of the reasons that we've got to be particularly tuned in, I think, for people of color, women who've been abused, men who've been abused or are abusers. I think, you know, there's lots of situations in which um, a life circumstance over a period of time causes changes in a brain that we really need to be really tuned into in a very different way because they're veterans of you know, whatever we want to call it. We have military veterans, but I think we have a lot of other veterans out there that haven't been recognized for how they've survived and what they've survived. So uh, a wise woman once said, know your person, know your person, know your person. Do you know that person? <laughs> I think I've run across her occasionally. <laughs> so why is that important? Why should I take the time to read somebody's chart or get to know them before I yeah. enter their space and, and give care? 
Yeah, because you know, if I use all these techniques that that Tipa talks about, this woman on the on the podcast here talks about, I can certainly keep myself and the person in a space that tends to be safer. But if I've learned more about that individual, I could actually make a decision. You know what? We're not going into that little bathroom because um, small spaces by history have been a real trigger state for that person. We're just not going to use that space. We're going to you know, close that door, lock that door. That is not where we're going. We're going to be very careful that any toileting it things, any bathing things occur in a larger space where there are other people around. So it feels less private and scary because for them, something happened in that space. Um, and so we need to tune that in. On the other hand, there may be somebody who doesn't want to be in a public space, in which case, boy, do I want to know that about them. Um, that's where they felt really traumatized because that's where something happened to them in that kind of location with that kind of sound, with those kind of movements going around. Um, the more I know, the better I can support someone and help other people support someone by noticing things and then letting people know about it. I think uh, you were the one that noticed uh, people tended to get a little hinky sometimes when we got to their right-hand side, and then all of a sudden it twigged that, oh, that's the weapon side. Maybe you should just be a little more careful about that. Uh, yeah, yeah. And when we're on the shield side, I got to be prepared for that shield to come out and whack me away because that's how I'm going to, you know, shield on that side and do weapon on this side. So let's be very aware of what's going on with that hand, with that side of the body and get permission and then sustain contact or back up a little bit. So the person knows that you're not trying to do something and, and keep them from being able to use their hand effectively as a weapon or with a tool. Yeah. Tipa, where can people get more information on this? Because it, it does cover uh, COVID, it covers uh, veterans, it covers mental health conditions. Where can yeah. we find more details? Or can I talk to somebody? And, and that would be my first guess. And, and most, for probably my first recommendation is talk with somebody. So we have a 800 number. We have uh, info at tipasnow.com email. We have free consults. We really do want to help people recognize what might be triggering things rather than making assumptions and finding out more about human beings, um, both yourself and someone else, because sometimes the veteran isn't the one who needs care. They're the one who's trying to offer care. And so recognizing our own limitations, perhaps, or what are some of our triggers might be really important. Tipa, thank you very much. Thank you, Greg. You've been listening to the Dementia Care Partners podcast brought to you by Tover, makers of the Tover Tuttle. For more information, www.tover.care. And for more information on positive approach to care, check the website at tipasnow.com.